0: and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice.
3: And now to our story. When Bull Raglan, leader of a Northwoods fur smuggling gang, left Jimmy Olson and Batiste bound hand and foot in a dark cave, his plan was to keep them hidden until he could bargain with Clark Kent, who he thought was a government agent. But unknown even to Bull, the cave was occupied by a full-grown bear hibernating for the winter. Disturbed and angered, the bear attacked Jimmy and Batiste. Meanwhile, Kent, having captured Bull and his assistant Chuck, forced them to go along with him while he followed Batiste's dog sled tracks out of the clearing where the French-Canadian guide had camped. As they neared the cave, Kent heard Jimmy's voice calling for help. Compelled to knock Bull out, Kent left him with Chuck, who had sworn he was going straight, and headed for the cave. As he neared the entrance, he could hear the wild growling of the bear.
2: Help! Help! I'm coming, Jimmy!
0: Good thing it's pitch dark in there.
2: And there's a kid, the the is coming at me. Uh, Jimmy, me! Okay,
3: kid's it's fainted. Now I can handle this as Superman. All right, come on, Grizzly. Punch at me. Come on, that's it. Ah. Sit up on your feet, eh? Ah. Oh, you don't like boxing things? So I want to wrestle, eh? Get me in a bear hunt. Okay, come on. There. Now let's see who can squeeze the hardest. Ah. Ah, I guess that finishes you. Now, let's see. Yeah, Jimmy seems all right outside of a few scratches. Oh, but poor Batiste is badly mauled. Gotta get them both back to town as soon as possible. Maybe a matter of life or death for Batiste. That means I'll have to leave Bull and Chuck behind and send someone back for them. It's taking a chance, but it can't be helped. All I hope is that Chuck doesn't see me leave the cave as Superman. Well, no time to waste. One under each arm. Out to the entrance.
0: Ooh, that burns. Oh, it can't be that bad, Jimmy. Oh, no.
2: You try putting iodine on open scratches. Isn't that enough, Father Malone?
1: I, I think it is, Jimmy. You're a very lucky boy.
0: Oh, lucky? I call this luck. I never want to have any more of it. Well, You're lucky that bear didn't swipe you across the face instead of the arm. And
1: doubly lucky that <laughs> Mr. Kent arrived when he did. Oh,
0: by the way, how's the teeth?
1: Well, we won't know for a day or so. He was badly torn up. But if the wounds don't infect, he'll pull through all right. Well, I must say, I hardly expected to see you back here so soon. But I'm glad it turned out as well as it did. What happened to the two first smugglers?
0: The customs men picked them up. Chuck had kept his promise to see that Bull Ragland didn't escape, so they let him go. Father Malone's trying to get him a logging camp job. And what about Bull? I suppose he'll go to jail. Well, he should for what he did to Batiste and me.
2: Gosh, Mr. Kent, I wouldn't be here now if you hadn't killed that bear. I still don't see how you did it.
0: I told you I had a knife, Jimmy.
2: Yeah?
1: What puzzles me, Kent, is how you managed to get both Jimmy and Batiste back to Montville without a sled.
0: Well, it was a long hike, I admit.
1: You mean to say you carried both of them ten miles?
0: Well, Father, Jimmy doesn't weigh any more than a puff of smoke, and Batiste is light.
1: It's amazing, Kent. I don't think Paul Bunyan could have done much better.
0: Oh, who's Paul Bunyan?
1: Oh, don't you know Jimmy?
2: No, Father, I don't. Is he a friend of yours? (laughs) Jimmy. I'm
0: surprised at you. Haven't you ever heard of Paul Bunyan? No.
1: Why, he was the most famous logger ever to fell timber in the Northwoods, Jimmy. And the strongest, too. For they claim he could cut down 400 trees with one swing of his axe.
2: Oh, I don't believe it. No man could do that. Well,
1: Paul Bunyan was no ordinary man. They say he owned a saw that was a half a mile long and that 200 men used to ride on it while he cut down a stand of timber.
0: Are you trying to kid me, Father Malone? No, Father's not kidding, Jimmy. Any Northwoods logger can tell you stories about Paul Bunyan... Didn't he own a huge
1: ox, Father? Oh, that he did, Kent. A big blue ox he called Bay. That's the one. It was the strongest ox in the world. And Paul used to feed it 3,000 tons of hay every morning and 5,000 tons of oats at night. Oh,
0: where did he get all the hay and oats? I suppose Paul owned a 50,000-acre farm and grew it.
1: 50,000 acres? Paul Bunyan's farm stretched from the northern tip of Minnesota to the southern tip of Michigan. And there was a road running through it that twisted and turned like a corkscrew. So one day, Paul hitched his big blue ox to the Michigan end of the road. And in ten minutes, Jimmy, that ox pulled the road out straight as a die. And it never had any more curves in it.
2: Gosh. Talk about Batiste and his tall stories. Well, yours take the cake, Father please
1: oh, These aren't my stories, Jimmy. They belong to the logging camps. They're a part of America... Just like the stories of Hercules were a part of Greece. Oh, then they aren't true.
2: Paul Bunyan never existed.
1: As much as a legend ever exists, Jimmy.
0: Oh, I see. When we get back to Metropolis, Jimmy, I'll buy you a book of Paul Bunyan's stories. Oh, that'll
2: be swell. Say, when are we going back, Mr. Kent? Hmm? I suppose now that Batiste won't be up and around for a while, our dog sled trip to Canada is over almost before it began.
1: I could get you another guide, Kent. Not as good as Batiste, but dependable.
0: No, Father, I think Jimmy and I might just as well go on home. We've both had enough excitement to last us a long time. We'll come up next year for our dog sled trip.
1: Well, don't forget. As a matter of fact, if you let me know in advance, I might be able to arrange to go along with you. Oh,
0: gosh, I hope you can, Father. Are
1: you taking tonight's train, Kent?
0: Yes, Father. That reminds me, Jimmy, you'd better get your clothes packed. We have less than an hour before the train leaves. What time is it now?
1: The clock is just about to strike seven.
0: Okay, I'll be ready in ten minutes. Well, Jimmy, it hardly seems possible that last night we were up in the North Woods and tonight we're rolling across wheat fields. Jimmy! Huh? Oh! Yes. Yes, what? Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Hmm. I
2: was watching that man across the aisle. Look how his eyes shift, Mr. Kent. Almost like he
0: thought he was being shadowed. Don't be silly, Jimmy. Here, take this newspaper. Read the funnies and do the crossword puzzle. Okay. Gosh, Mr. Kent. Oh, now what?
2: Look at this picture on the front page of the paper. And then look at that man across the aisle. Huh? Oh, there seems to be a slight resemblance. Slight? What? The same person. The bald spot in front and the gray hair in back and the bushy eyebrows. Shh. Will everyone
0: in the car to know you're talking about him? Wait a minute. Let me see that paper. Why is this picture there, Mr. Ken? I didn't get a chance to read the caption. Just a minute, Jimmy. Wait, Scott. I believe we stumbled on something sensational. Who is he? Well, it's the same man, and I think it is. His name is Dr. Roebling. He's the inventor of a new device having to do with communications. Listen to this, Jimmy. Dr. Roebling's device, although the nature of it has not yet been revealed, is said to be so valuable that the one model in existence is insured for $10 million. $10 million? Uh-huh. What do you think the device is, Mr. Ken I haven't the faintest idea, Jimmy. But if that's Dr. Roebling sitting across from us, he's going to be interviewed by a Daily Planet reporter. Oh, I was right. I knew there was something strange about him. Oh, he certainly hit the nail on the head that time. Well, he goes for an attempted interview. I hope you get it, Mr. Kent. I'll just cross the aisle and drop into the seat next to him.
2: Wish me luck. Okay.
0: Good evening, Dr. Roebling. Yeah? Oh, I beg your pardon? I said good evening, Dr. Roebling. You must be mistaken. My name is Harris. Oh, yes, yes, I, I understand. I'm Clark Kent, doctor, reporter for the Daily Planet. I happen to be glancing over this paper... And, uh, noticed your picture. That young man is not my picture. I told you my name is Harris. It's, it's Walter Harris. Well, names don't mean anything, really. The important thing is your contribution to the field of communications. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, according to this story in the paper, you've just... How many times must I tell you that I have no connection with either the story or the photograph in that newspaper? Haven't you invented a new communications device? No, I haven't. Didn't you insure the model of the device for $10 million? Young man, if you have nothing better to do than annoy total strangers, may I suggest that you devote your unwelcome attention to others? Now, come, doctor, that's not the proper attitude. Well, unless you cease annoying me, at once I shall be forced to call the conductor. All right, that's how you feel about it. That is exactly how I feel about it. Okay, sorry I bothered you. I heard what he said, Mr. Kent you think he's telling the truth? I'm not quite sure, Jimmy. He's the spitting image of this picture in the paper. Oh, well, maybe there'd be some initials on his luggage. Well, he doesn't seem to have any luggage. It could be that we're wrong. Oh, gosh, I don't think so.
2: The picture and the way his eyes keep shifting. Look, he's getting up.
0: Mm, probably going into the dining car. Maybe we ought to follow him. No, I don't think so. He'll be back.
2: Well, at least we can stop whispering. Gosh, that sure was exciting for a minute. Jimmy. Yeah?
0: You see that crumpled up piece of paper he left on the seat? Uh-huh may be something that'll tell us whether he is Dr. Rowling.
2: Want me to get it? No,
0: you sit tight. I'll walk up to the water cooler at the end of the car and pick it up on my way back.
2: Okay. I'll keep my eye on it. I'll be right back. Gosh, I sure hope there's a clue on that piece of paper. A real exciting clue. What's Mr. Kent wasting time at the water cooler for? Why doesn't he hurry back? Here he comes. I can hardly wait.
0: Okay. What's on the paper? Here it is, G. Now wait and read it. What does it say? Something very peculiar. What? It says, this is your last warning.
3: Well, it looks as though Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen have accidentally stumbled on something that may turn out to be another exciting adventure. Is the nervous, gray-haired little man really Dr. Roebling? And if he is, who sent him the threatening note? Listen to the next episode for further developments. Don't forget... Tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman.
2: Look, up in the sky. It's
0: a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.